one time yeah. I called him and was like, I can't get the pilot light to light on the furnace and we're cold as shit. And he was like, he, I'm pretty sure he was like stoned all the time. He loved riding dirt bikes. <laughs> he was like, well, Bellard, I'm riding my dirt bike out somewhere. Uh, I'll be back on Monday, but you know what you could do is you could, you know, set your oven to like 150 and just leave the door open. <laughs> 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 and I was like, are you paying my electrical bill now? Like, I was like, yeah, that's, that's a solution, I guess. But, Jesus. This is a mistake. I uh, grew up in Mountain Brook. Like, it's weird, like, because when I'm, people are like, where are you from? I'm like, Birmingham. Like, where are you really from? I'm like, fuck. <laughs> you know to ask that question. Yeah, and I'm and just. And then you know not to. And then I'm just like, oh, and especially when I worked in the city schools, they'd be like, where are you from, man? I'd be like, I'm from Birmingham, just like you, man. <laughs> no way in hell was I telling anybody I was yeah. from fucking Mountain Brook. But because like, you still get these looks and I'm like, dude, like, my, uh, yeah, Mountain Brook sucks. I get it. Like, but cut mm-hmm. me some slack, man. But yeah, no, nah, it was cool. Um, and then I graduated in 07 and went to Auburn and, uh, like, honestly, like, really hated it <laughs> until, like, my junior year, I tried to transfer twice. Um, and for some reason, like, both times, I was like, I'm going to stick it out. And I uh, was an education major at first and was doing, like, history education. Realized I hated everybody in my major but still loved history, so I switched to straight liberal arts so I could just learn history. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was a solid move, uh, not from a paycheck, but for me. <laughs> and Mental health is important too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it just, man, it just kind of sucked ass. It's just like it's um, it's like high school part two. Not even that. It was just like, I just didn't like Auburn for the first three years I was there. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, like really hated it. Um, I'm glad I stuck it out. I got my degree. It took me five years to get a history degree, which my dad was pissed about. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because I was the one paying for the last two and a half years of the five. So, yeah. um, you know, eat it. And um, <laughs> um, I got, got involved in like kind of it was a, almost like a nonprofit minor. It was called Community and Civic Engagement because mm-hmm. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to go to grad school. And when I was in college, I interned with a bunch of nonprofits. Um one was the um, Comic Grove Community Garden in Silicaga, which is it's literally just north of Silicaga. I basically ran a farm for a summer. Uh, me and this master gardener named Carolyn, who was cool as shit. I wish I still had a garden, but it's just too much of a pain in the ass mm. and I don't want to deal with it. Uh, and then I interned with a nonprofit up in Tennessee, like right where Tennessee, Kentucky, and Virginia meet near the Cumberland Gap. It was called the Clear Fork Community Institute. Um, and I basically did like a lot of GIS work, which is not in my background at all. I don't yeah. get it. I'm good with computers, but like putting and putting all that shit into GIS programming, mm-hmm. if you know what that is, like, like satellite mapping software, um, was not easy, but it was a lot of fun. I got really drunk for like two weeks off a super cheap PBR. <laughs> and the best part about that place is like Tennessee legalized the distillation of like liquor. So like you you can, you can distill a gallon of liquor per month per household. Whoa. So no one no one has like stills up there yeah. that are illegal. So like the entire community switched to just growing weed. Yeah. And 
and we're not talking about good weed. We're talking about <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about like shitty swag weed with seeds and stems, but you can eat for like fifteen bucks. Mm-hmm. And I was like not that much of a pothead, but I was like, okay, if it's this cheap, I'm just gonna sit around and smoke weed all summer. <laughs> and it was awesome. But yeah, I did that and so like, I kinda got my foot my feet wet with nonprofit stuff doing that. Thought I wanted to do grad school, had all my recs in line and everything, but then I was like, I don't want any more student loans. Mm-hmm. And I always knew I was gonna come back to Birmingham. Um so I was able to, uh, I just found a job working for um, a doctor as his personal assistant. I mean, I was like his, like, basically live-in wife. <laughs> um, Washed his car, shopped for his groceries, all of this stuff. It How did you great. find that job? My friend Britton had it, and she was going mm-hmm. to grad, she was going to law school and was like, somebody needs to take this job, do you want it? And I was like, I don't have anything else going on. I have a degree in history. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> And so she, um, I interviewed with him and I was like, I'll take it. And he was like, no, 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 you need to sit and think on it. And I was like, dude, I don't have anything else right now. Just let me be your bitch. <laughs> he was I'm like, begging you. He was like, cool. I can't believe like, every time I see Britain now, I'm like, we're both like, I can't believe we ever left this job. I worked five hours a day for $15 an hour, which like right out of college was not that bad. Yeah. Nah. I mean, I mean, if I had actually worked eight dollars an hour, I probably would have been doing okay. Yeah. yeah. Eight, excuse me, eight hours a day. But yeah, I mean, I did. I fixed all sorts of shit around his house. He lived in Liberty Park. I would drive his cars around. I'd pick up like presents for his daughter for Christmas and her birthday. I would order the honey baked ham for Thanksgiving and go pick it up. I mean, just imagine just somebody's bitch, and that was me. Yeah. And <laughs> um. It was pretty cool because if there wasn't anything to do, I'd just go sit at his house for five hours and watch Vice documentaries. <laughs> and, um, what else would you do? Yeah. And then I was like, well, I probably need a job that's like more in line with what I need to be doing. And um, I had a friend who was working as an America Corps for the Birmingham Education Foundation, and she was she had just gotten promoted. And I talked to her to see if I could, you know, fill her position. Because I kind of have a background with nonprofits at that point, you know, no real working experience with them outside of internships. And she was like, Yeah, just come interview with our interim executive director because they didn't have one at that time. And his name is Marcus. Um, and he was just like, Yeah, you're good. And I was like, Cool. Uh, did that for a year, left, and then kind of took a gap year working for a golf course. And then I started working for Growing Kings, which is over in Woodlawn, like right. Mm-hmm. Right where I met both of y'all, mm-hmm. um, doing, I did everything over there. Um, no, I mean, I'm not saying I did everything for the organization, but I did a lot of stuff. I mean, I did fundraising, mainly all of our fundraising events, all that kind of stuff, and did fundraising, did all of our advocacy, and did um, a lot of mentor training, which was something I had to learn on the fly, but got pretty good at. Um, and I was there for probably about three years, and... Money got tight, um, and we had to lay a couple people off, and I was mm. one of those guys. And I'm like totally fine with it. Like I'm not. I don't have a bitter bone in my body about it. At the time, I was kind of like, "This is cool." And like I kind of should have seen like the writing on the wall, because like I'll never forget. I was sitting in the office, and I'm like one of those people who has to like if something's broken, like I hate waiting on something to like yeah somebody to go fix it. Mm-hmm. And for like a month, the the fluorescent light in the woman's bathroom like was like blinking and shit like that. And it bothered me because there were six dudes in the office and 
one woman and she was never there so we just used both bathrooms um <laughs> <laughs> I was and about to ask you, does, how did you, did, did they complain yeah. a lot? <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I just got up on a stool one day and started fixing the light, like, rewiring it and all this shit. And Marcus comes in. So, oh, speaking of, Marcus, the guy who hired me at BEF, had started his own nonprofit, and then he hired me at Growing Kings. Gotcha. Okay. So, he's, he's been in my life for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sees me fixing this, and he's like, this is how Marcus talks. Yo. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, you like fixing stuff? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, you've seen me doing this shit around the office for the past three years. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily like it. I just do it. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I have this other company, Southeastern Lighting. I'm like, yeah, I know you do. He goes, I could pay you more there. I'm like, yeah, but that involves a lot of travel and working at night. It just sounds like awful. And that's when I should have been like, Maybe I need to look for something else. But I was like, no, I'll just stay here. I'm good, Marcus. Appreciate it. He's yeah. like, cool. Like three weeks later, he texts me at like 730 in the morning. He's like, yo. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm, like, like you, I'm like, and I just go, yep, I'm getting laid off today. <laughs> I, I knew it. I knew it. Like, I just couldn't do anything but laugh because I knew at that point I was going to work for Southeastern Lighting. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so I walk in and he's like. He lays off my one coworker before me, Amy, who's been there before me, and she's just like irate. And it's funny because now we're both on the junior board at Growing Kings, and she was just like, oh. "Yeah, exactly. I can't get away from it." Yeah. And she's just pissed. So like, I got kids, and she, she'd tell you all this. But then he comes in like an hour after that. He's like, "Yo, <laughs> let's take a walk." And I'm like, "Dude, it's okay. Like, I can tell you're like super sad about this. Like he was like really beat up about it." And I was like, "It's fine." Yeah, like I, I, I know where my next job is because uh, it's with you. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, great. So he's like, you can start on Monday. And I'm like, man, you, you like just laid me off. I'm going to need like at least a week. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, cool. Just meet back at the office because like his, his Southeastern Lighting Company uses the Growing Kings office as a base as well. Like if, <laughs> if so you, you really didn't get fired. You just switched positions. <laughs> Yeah, to a separate division. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. he just walked across the room, and and I was like, "I can do this, man. I can, you know, this is this is not hard. Like, I've got all the tools to do this stuff. It's like, you know, it's fine, whatever." And so I met the guy who, like, Marcus doesn't do any lighting jobs. He has like a foreman. His name is. Wow, sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I met him. I was like, "I can work with this guy. This is cool." And so there's a crew of four of us. We uh. I meet back the next Monday and we're going to Jackson, Mississippi and I get in and I'm immediately like, this was, this was a bad idea. <laughs> like, I drive like four hours with these guys. We don't get there until like seven. And so what Southeastern Lighting does is they retrofit. And what that means is like they go into all these different stores. Like, you know, when you go into a Walgreens or you go into a Lowe's or you go into any big box store or Sherwin-Williams or whatever and you see all the fluorescent lights up there. Yeah. They take all those fixtures down and replace them with LEDs because A, they get tax rebates when they do that and they're just cheaper on electricity. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, we're going to Jackson to do a Walgreens and I get there and I'm like, cool. It's like seven. I'm going to go across the street to the Mexican restaurant and have a beer. They're like, great. I get back to the hotel and they're like, you ready? And I'm like, for what? They go, to work and I'm like what it's a night gig and 
I didn't realize this at the time. They're all night gigs mm. because all the stores close. Yeah. Right. And then you have to be in there to do that then. So we get to Walgreens. I haven't slept. Uh, I basically am up 24 hours, 16 feet up in the air. Not on a lift, on a ladder, replacing all these lights oh, and shit like that. Geez. And like I hate heights like with a fiery passion. I hate them. I won't do roller coasters. I can't stand them. I get all jittery and shit. I can't do it. I sweat. I drop tools. Yelling at me because I'm not going fast enough. I'm like, I, this is my first like two hours doing this, dude. Mm-hmm. Calm down. <laughs> Forgot my headphones, so I had to buy a pair of Bluetooth headphones from Walgreens. They die because the, <laughs> the batteries suck. <laughs> and the job itself sucked all around. But by far the worst part is that I don't know if you know this, but if you go into a, any of these big box stores and you hear the shitty music, mm-hmm. they're all controlled by the corporate office. Yeah. And they can't be turned down. <laughs> Yep. So I'm up in a ladder right beside a speaker. Right. Oh. And if I ever fucking hear Gavin DeGraw ever again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the same radio station that every, like, all those stores have. But, but, there, the but there are no thing. commercials or anything. It's just, yeah. some, I don't know what they subscribe to, but it's terrible. Yeah. Anyway, we get back. He wants to do everything with speed so we can get back by Thursday, which I appreciate. Um, Do that. Next job is in Jacksonville, Florida, and he wants to leave it too. In the morning. So we can get there and start work and maybe have a nap or something like that. Well, I sleep through my alarm. We don't leave until, I don't know, 11 in the morning. Yeah. Oh. But I woke up at like 5 and was like, I'm good to go now, man. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, obviously, I fucked up. But he's like, no, nah, I just meet at the office at 11. And I'm like, why don't we just go now? Yeah. And he wasn't having it. And so, and then yeah. we get to the office. He's like, yo, Ballard, you drive. <laughs> Oh. And I had to drive seven and a half hours, Jeez. get to Walgreens, watch them close. Not Walgreens. This one was a, a Lowe's. Even worse. Mm-hmm. Spent a lot more. four days doing that. Jeez. And every night I was like this close to buying a mega bus ticket back to Birmingham. But I realized it would have taken me just that much time to get back to Birmingham and it would have yeah. sucked yeah. ass. But no, nah, it's a... It's, uh, we got back from Jacksonville and we were at the Growing King's office where everybody dropped off and I walked in and I looked at Marcus and I go, nope, I'm done. I'll take my chances. I don't know what I'm doing now, but I'm done. This, this just sucks. I can't do it anymore. I'm tired of getting yelled at by men that are younger than me. I'm tired of heights and I hate working nights. This shit sucks. And then I got my job that I have now. <laughs> but And uh, I work for the Epilepsy Foundation um, and we like provide client support services to People all over the state with epilepsy. Um, there are 54,000 people in the state with it, wow. 6,000 wow. of which are children. So we have like support groups and camps and stuff like that. But we, I wouldn't say we mainly work with children, but a lot of our work is with children with epilepsy. Um, working with Children's Hospital and the epileptologists there and that kind of thing and um, doing walks and doing fundraisers. And uh, we're doing a caregiver symposium at the end of June, that kind of stuff. And, That's uh, cool. There's two of us. My boss now is cool as hell. It's great. Yeah. Sounds like all that was worth it. No, it sucked. It was <laughs> terrible. I, I would have rather just been in, like, I, 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 I would have gone back to the golf course faster had, like, had I known how much the lighting job sucked. But it did, paid well. It I was going to say, did you make decent money? Yeah, I made, like, really good money. And it was yeah. under the table, so. Even better. <laughs> not not FBI. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, 
but I'm still friends with Marcus. I mean, I wouldn't be where I am like in my professional career without him. I yeah. mean, he hired me at the Education Foundation. He hired me at Growing Kings. He gave me a job after he laid me off. Yeah. And he called me yesterday because the fundraiser I did for Growing Kings for three years was called Chucks and Tucks, and it's coming up again mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday. And he called me, and he was like, yo, I need you to come to the office and talk to us about Chucks and Tucks, about what you did last year. I get there, and my other coworker Amy, that he had also let go, is there. And I'm like, Marcus fucking Carson is the only person who can fire two people and have them come back and eat pizza and drink beer with him and talk about a fundraiser that we're not getting paid yeah. to do. <laughs> I'm sure, like I've told you all, some of the stuff about my boat. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> How about you refresh us? Okay, so there's my boat was stolen. Um, <laughs> All right, we're refreshed. So, yeah. So, there's a lot of context to this. Like, a whole lot of it. Um, So, when I was, like, we've always had, or I say we, my grandparents built a lake house uh, in Pell City on the Coosa River when I was, not when I was a kid, when my parents were kids. And my grandfather was a dentist. His um, practice was right there in Woodlawn on First Avenue. The family needed a boat, a new boat, when I was, I don't know, eight or nine. So my grandfather finds one. I don't even know how you go about finding stuff like that in 1996. There's no Craigslist. There's no classified ads. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like the yellow pages or whatever. I don't know. They Um, used to put out like pamphlets. I know that they had cars and boats in them. I can't remember. Yeah. I mean, he he may have like found it on like a power pole somewhere. (laughs) Like you tear one off. (laughs) It's probably a friend of a friend. And then you got a phone chain. That man had more friends of friends than I even care to think about. But he was always like kind of. Working where he worked, he did a lot of dental work and trade. So he always was kind of finding new and creative ways to do shit. Like if, if, like when my parent, like my aunt and my uncle, I'm sorry, my uncle and my mom were kids and they didn't have an inner tube, like the tube behind, dude came in and worked at the airport, didn't have any money to get his teeth fixed on, teeth worked on. He'd be like, just get me some inner tubes from the airport. <laughs> from the air, like the airline tires, and yeah. we'll call it even. He was like, "Cool." He's got a my, my uncle still has his old trailer that some dude just got him for doing some dental work on him, and the trailer is literally just the back end of a truck with a trailer hitch on it. Uh, yeah, uh, it's still over there in Forest Park behind right. It's by the same apartment building where all my stuff is stored. Um, anyway, so they need a new boat, and my grandfather's like cool um this is the boat i want it cost like two thousand dollars and so my grandfather hands old boy a ziploc bag of old gold teeth (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) so and the reason (laughs) and he accepted it (laughs) Oh, dude, yeah. It's like this is, this is like this is not like, it's like it's crazy because dental gold's a thing. Like it's like my grandfather. I'll, I'll never forget. My, my grandfather's been dead since he's been dead twenty two years, mm-hmm. and uh, like one of my favorite people on the planet. But my grandmother's house is just like full of his old stuff that like no one knows is up there. Because she doesn't use her second story. It's got three bedrooms up there, but she doesn't use it because she lives on the bottom floor now, and there's no one there. Like my mom and my uncle aren't there. My grandfather's not around. So the upstairs is just storage. Oh, she would have a heart attack if I was telling you this. Um, <laughs> but I remember just like being like, you know, younger and just like going upstairs and looking around. And one time I found a lockbox and like didn't know what was in it. No idea. 
None of us knew the combination to it. So I just took a hammer and smacked the lock, and it popped open. <laughs> and guess what was in there? Gold teeth. Gold teeth and... and <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> gold teeth and like gold plates because what he would do is like the old school dentist would they'd take um like an imprint of your tooth if you needed a crown and would would actually you know melt down gold to form it to your to form it into that um what do they call it yeah, into the mold and so he had a bunch of like gold strips that they would use for that that were still down there mm-hmm. and like, you know, just like hiding in some lockbox under a bed that yeah. had nobody been in. This is also the same room that has a grenade in it uh-huh. uh, from when he was in World War II. That's cool. Um, that is cool. Yeah, it's it's, a, <laughs> it's something. But yeah, anyway. What kind of shrapnel would that be? Gold teeth. <laughs> gold, gold, teeth and, gold teeth and terracotta. <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah, I mean, the, the, he just that's that's just how he was. Anyway, like we use, and well, the reason they bought that boat is because my dad, um, the same engine that boat had in it is an engine that my dad has rebuilt twice before on his sister's car when they were in high school and when she was in college, and um, a friend's car when he was in college at Florida, and he was like, my grandfather's name was Henry, he was like, you just go ahead and buy this boat because A, it runs right now, and I can tear it down and put it back together if it breaks down. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was like, cool. Um, we had that boat forever. It's the boat I learned to ski behind. Um, it's just like super classic. It's called 1974 Aristocraft 19, which means nothing to <laughs> most people that are going to be listening to this. But it was cool because it turned into a camper. The seats folded down into beds oh, cool. if you really wanted to. Uh, it had this like canvas top on it. It was really something. And so it's probably four years ago. Um, the boat didn't get winterized correctly, like where you put you know, antifreeze over the winter into any spaces where there may be water and it cracked the engine block. And my mom and my uncle and my grandmother were just going to basically just try and sell it off. And I was like, no one's going to buy that thing. Mm. Um, Let me just take it. And I was like, I'm mechanically inclined. I can do most of the work on my car. And I was like, Dad, you, you want to do this as a project? He was like, yeah, sure. Sounds like fun. So we get it back to the house, which was an ordeal in itself because that trailer, the, once before... The truck bed? Oh, no, 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 no. no the, tra- <laughs> the, the, the boat trailer. The, the trailer with the boat sign. The trailer with the boat sign has, like... I remember once before, my uncle was pulling it and forgot to, like, grease the axles, and the tire and the axle just caught on fire going on the interstate. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. yeah, dude. So it's got some wear and tear on it. So I was, like, super worried about that. But we get it back to Birmingham. Mom and my dad are, have been divorced forever, but I'm like, well, got to put it in mom's driveway, and she is pissed about it. <laughs> and so my dad and I work on it for, like, a month. And this is also, we had to go buy a separate boat to get the new engine out of, to drop into this one. I drove up to like Coleman to some dude and bought a boat for like $900. It had a working engine, total piece of shit. The boat was, but the engine itself was the same engine worked really well. Uh, we had a handwritten, um, bill of sale where he misspelled the name of the boat. Um, <laughs> very legal, very legal. Um, totally signed, Finding. definitely not notarized. Uh, <laughs> didn't have a title. um, and so we work on it for like a you month. You just do it in blood, right? At that point, you yeah, just... dude, we were blood brothers after that. It's <laughs> like cut our thumbs. So we buy that boat so we can it's donor engine, and we work on it for like a month, and then like 
life just gets in the way. And we don't touch it for two years. And my mom just bitches and bitches and bitches. When are you going to work on that boat? When are you going to work on that boat? What are you going to do with it? Where are you going to move it? And finally she calls me. I guess this was like November, December. And it's like, well, I've got a tree company coming to cut down this massive oak in the back. And they need to have a crane in the driveway. So the boat has to go. I'm like, shit. (laughs) I don't know what to do with this thing. And I call Wes (laughs) Fraser and I'm like, hey, man, I know Will Shepard parks his RV behind mom's. You think there's space for a boat back there? (laughs) 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 Oh, we're speaking about mom's bar, not my mom's. Um, but because uh, it went from moms to moms yes yeah. and very good clarification my sisters get mad at me all the time when yeah. I say I'm going to moms they're like why are you going to drink beer at our mom's house because she would not allow it exactly yeah <laughs> so it went from my mom's to mom's basement mm-hmm. um, I called <laughs> the driveway to the basement yeah so um, he was like yeah just call Payne ask Payne Payne was like oh hell yeah and <laughs> so it took me a while to get it down there but we got it there basically parked behind a dumpster and it was there for like, I told Payne it was only going to be there for a week, which was a complete lie. And um, <laughs> well, I figure, I figure if Will's shit ass Winnebago is out there, yeah. then I'll be good. And you're um, just adding to the aesthetic of the bar. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I mean, like, it only makes sense that there's a Winnebago and a beat down boat. Well, Payne and Wes kept asking me if we could park it out front and like put signage on it. Oh, you should have said hell yeah. I should have, but then I was like, but. I've got all this money put into it right now. But then I was like, but they're also letting me store it here for free. Yeah. So anyway, it was there for like three weeks. And I go in one day and David McSween, who's the bar manager there, it was like his first day. And Payne and I were, this was like one of those days when Payne was asking me if we could put it out front. I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And then David's like, what color is your boat? And I go, I don't know. It used to be white. Like it's got a red top. Not white anymore. Yeah, creamy. we'll call it like dirty. Dirty. It's, it looks like it's probably like I don't know, free, like free range egg. <laughs> <laughs> got a red top, probably full of leaves. And he's like, "Yeah, someone drove drove off with that today." And I'm like, Are "You sure? Maybe it was just somebody moving it to get to the dumpster." And he's like, "Oh no, it's yeah, it's it's gone." And I went out there. And sure as shit, my boat's just gone. <laughs> and at this point, like, I'm not even mad because I'm just, like, so sick of dealing with the thing. Mm-hmm. And probably, you know, someone did for me what we should have done two or three years ago with it and just got rid of it. Yeah. But I'm also, like, at the same time, like, I don't want the thing back. Yeah. I'm just, like, pissed that somebody would. Someone Im- stole your boat. Someone stole a boat. And <laughs> so David calls Patrick, one of the other owners there. And Patrick is the one who runs all of the video cameras. <laughs> and he spends like, I don't know, two hours combing through security footage. Wow. And I'm like, Patrick, I, it's, it's really, it's, it's cool. And he's like, nah, dog. And finally gets like, figure this out. gets like the best shot he can. Mm-hmm. And it is, the truck that is pulling this boat is like, it's a it's like a shitty two door, um, like tan truck with a mm-hmm. bunch of shit in the back. Some dude was just scrapping. Saw some free metal in the form of a giant boat. 
We're talking like a 14 foot boat. It's like heavy as shit. Even when the even when the boat would die in the water and we'd have to swim her to shore. This happened more than once, by the way. <laughs> it was so heavy it would take like four kids, like 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 fucking reindeer, yeah. to pull this boat ashore. There'd be like a team of us. And my mom is just sitting there doing nothing. Um with a whip. Yeah, she's like she's like beating us with a paddle. And I mean it's heavy. It's heavy and the, the, the top that was on top of it, it's like a hard plastic top. Totally well, we just set it on top of there. And so if dude had gotten on the interstate with it, it just would have gone. And we're talking yeah. something that's like I don't know, like four foot by six foot. Pretty big, big piece of yeah. Piece of vinyl or plastic or whatever it was with a whole metal frame to it. And I was just like, whatever, he's going he's gonna to get there, he's going to realize it's missing half the parts, he's not going to know that the engine block's cracked, so he's got a giant paperweight on his hands. <laughs> and then, I keep thinking about it, and I'm getting angrier and angrier, and the following Monday, I spend <laughs> all day driving to every single scrapyard with, like, the shitty photo I have <laughs> from Patrick being like, have you seen this? Have you seen this guy? <laughs> this guy been around here scrapping. I mean, I went to the scrapyard in Avondale. I went to like all seven scrapyards in North Birmingham. And like nobody, nobody could tell me anything. Would then, they have told you though? Oh yeah, because they hate them. They hate when people show up with stolen oh, stuff. They hate that okay. shit. A lot, most of them took my information. But then Wes called me a couple days later and he's like, yo, you should talk to the cabinet shop across the alley and see if they have stuff. And they had even better pictures. Still couldn't get um, they had a like, great video. Dude pulls up and he's like scrapping from the dumpsters and everything. And there's another cab. There's like, another shop below like Mountain High and all that stuff yeah. down there because podcasting is a visual medium. And um, <laughs> and <laughs> basically, like he's waiting for all these guys that are working in this shop to leave. They all leave. He waits for like 15 minutes. And then he just hooks that sucker up and drives on off. Like, doesn't haul wow. ass, yeah. just casually leaves. Still couldn't get the tag. And then I'm sitting. Yeah, I've been laid off by Growing Kings at this point. But I'm sitting so in the. So you gr- had nothing to do except for research. You <laughs> took your boat. Yeah. But, but the thing is, like, I've been laid off by Growing Kings. But for some reason, I was in the Growing Kings office when Wes called me. <laughs> you just and couldn't get away. I couldn't get away. Well, I used to. I, well, I, I went over there to print off my resume all the time. <laughs> <laughs> You fired me. I'm going to use your printer. Yeah, yeah. Well, that and he had a whole bunch of like hard stock that I was using. Oh, for. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Wes calls me and he's like, you know how Wes is. He's like, bro, <laughs> I'm following the guy who stole your boat. And I'm like, no what? Way. He's like, yeah, he follows him from mom's like, all the way like, <laughs> I'm just like envisioning down this. fifth past the Brown Derby all the way and he's like trying to keep his distance and he's like I'm not gonna like stop behind him but he gets his tag number for me nice and he's like I got it for you and I finally because I, di- I didn't file a police I did file a police report but I was like I told the officer I was like I don't really care like I just wanted to file it so you know that somebody stole my shit yeah other than that don't please do not spend any resources on this right like <laughs> like you got They're like y'all got so much more so shit to deal confused. with like yeah, yeah. and <laughs> So I call him back and I'm like, hey, I need to amend my police report. And they're like, with what? I go, I got the tag number. And she's like, she can't tell me anything about who owns the the car or anything like that. And I'm like, yeah, this is the tag number. I think it's like a probably like a 90, 92 Chevy S10. And she's like, you're pretty close. This is 91. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, damn. Oh. 
So I just like wait for the, you know, they have to shoot those up the chain of command to give them to a detective. And I get a phone call like five days later and it's not a number. It says Detective LaCalle on my phone. And I'm like, why would I have a detective's phone number in my car? Well, it's because like three years earlier, not three years, no, a year prior, someone had stolen a bunch of my buddy stuff out of my car in five points. And this was the same detective (laughs) I had. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, yeah, so I looked it all up. Um, the man, the man who was driving that Wes was able to identify was like probably like a forty-five-year-old uh, Hispanic man. And I'm like, yeah, this is you know the guy that I was told was driving it, all this kind of stuff. And he's like, yeah, well, man, I got some bad news. That car is registered to an abandoned house on the east side, and uh, the lady who owns it's just an old white lady. I'm like, okay, so we got nothing to go on. Yeah. Like we just got <laughs> nothing. It's gone. Yeah. It, he's like, yeah, and. I was like, all right, well, just keep me updated. I haven't heard from him in like three months. Really? It's just, yeah, it's it's gone. And like, I like, I just want, I just want to like find this guy and be like, yo, you can keep the boat, but just like, don't steal two hundred yeah. bucks, maybe. Like, yeah. Yeah. can I have a little cash back? Like, <laughs> but yeah, and like that, just like, oh, and then I, when I finally took a picture of my mom to mom's. I had a frame with a picture of my mom and the boat below it. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't have any matting because like nothing would fit the size photos I had of the boat. And it was a it wasn't just a photo of the boat. It was a photo of the boat being towed away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't have any matting and I don't know how to cut matting cuz I'm not an artist. I'm by no means a creative. So I just went to like Walmart and bought some foam core. And uh, <laughs> and uh, made a mat out of it, and it was up for like all of two days. And Wes was like, "No, no, do you have other pictures of that? Because I need to get some real mat for it. This looks like shit." <laughs> so the moral of the story is, is like, don't try and rebuild a boat. Because <laughs> then they don't the know if that's yeah. I don't know if that's the moral. <laughs> <laughs> they just lead you on a wild goose chase. But how about if you do? try and rebuild a boat actually do it yeah but the thing is even if i did like i where would i put this boat now because <laughs> like, yeah. it can't stay at my mom's the trailer hitch did it have a place for like a lock yes <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the moral yeah. of the story <laughs> and everybody's it's like everybody's locks. like ballard did you have it insured and i'm like Hell no. Like, I'm not paying insurance on this thing. Yeah. It's been and sitting in my mom's gr- uh, driveway for two years. I just didn't think anybody... And, like, man, it's like a go-kart pulling this boat. <laughs> and I just couldn't believe he had the gall to do it. So that was the thing. And, like, I mean, when it happened, I just laughed. And then I called my dad. <laughs> and I was like, I want you to know I'm laughing right now. And I want you to not be upset that I'm laughing about this. <laughs> but the boat was stolen. <laughs> and then he starts laughing <laughs> and I call my mom and she does not have the same reaction <laughs> and the worst you know what's even worse about this is I still have another boat somewhere yeah oh yeah <laughs> without an engine you know, no it has the engine in it because we didn't even touch that one. Oh, really yeah it's it's just bit, well it was Wait, sitting where's that boat so <laughs> <laughs> So that boat was being stored 
at a guy named Shea Scully's like shop over across from the old Manitou Supply. Uh-huh. You know where like that kind of old gas station looking yeah. thing is? Yeah. It was there for like a year and a half. Was. Was. And then Shea closed up shop. Uh-huh. And I think he he has a house in Irondale now. Apparently it's at his house in Irondale. <laughs> so, this bag of teeth. Um. Bag of teeth. <laughs> How many teeth? Like... Oh, I don't know. This was so long ago. I have no clue. I'm just like envisioning like a Ziploc, like a sandwich size Ziploc. Yeah. Like more than halfway full. Or was it just kind of like, it looked like there was like 30 teeth in there. I don't know. We'd have to like, yeah, that sounds about, we'd have to look like the price of gold back on like 1996, kind of estimate. Yeah. So it wasn't like four or five. No, 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 no. Way more than that. Yeah. I'm just thinking like it would... In my mind, when you said bag of teeth, bag of gold teeth, I was thinking like 300. <laughs> but then I was like, that's probably too many. That's like a Folgers can of teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like it would be like a lot yeah. of teeth. Like, you know, it's when you go to like someone's like, you know, there's always like a spring fling and they have like, guess how many candy corn are in yes. this? Yeah, that, that's how many <laughs> teeth that would be. Like. <laughs> nah, man, my grandfather... It was always like really cool, like when I got to start working in Woodlawn, because my grandmother, that my the grandfather who paid with teeth, his mm-hmm. his wife, my grandmother, is originally from Woodlawn. They grew up on Sixth Court, and yeah. So I have like really strong ties to that neighborhood, and I always really enjoyed kind of being there. And I didn't learn until a couple months before I left Growing Kings, uh, was summarily booted from, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Um, that our office was in the old Woodlawn Business Association office that she had been the president of. Oh, wow. Which was, like, super neat. And if you know Tim at Woodlawn, the building he lives in now, Mm -hmm. my grandmother used to own that. Oh, cool. But the gold teeth are totally a thing. (laughs) That that house, (laughs) man. I fully believe it. That house is so funny because my grandmother, like, having that upstairs bedroom, my grandmother's 96 years old. And is still just like kicking ass, taking names, um, lives on her own. But she loves like she, the only reason she's in this house over in Brookwood Forest is because she loves to like have people over for holidays and like entertain. Mm-hmm. Garden club still goes over there. All that like wow. Stepford wife shit. Mm-hmm. And she's a true brookie. She would kill you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess she's a little better. They they owned a dentist office in Woodlawn. So. Yeah, yeah. But she's, she's from Woodlawn. She's from Woodlawn. Yeah. yeah. But so like upstairs, it was funny because when my parents were redoing our house, when we were, when I was like five, my sister and I, and my dad, and my mom lived in my grandmother's house and my grandfather's house and we lived upstairs. Mm-hmm. So my sister and I would just like dig through everything looking for shit. There's like a, there's an old musket up there from like 18 whenever. Yeah. This grenade. There's uh, an old, like, um, a bayonet. Mm. Um, just guns. These are great toys for kids. I know. No, there are, like, <laughs> there are, like, there are, like, four, there are, like, four guns on the wall that are just there. And, like, we're not talking about the ammo is, like, stashed away. It's just there. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, every, my mom hates this shit, but every Thanksgiving and Christmas, I uh, go upstairs, and, like, I disappear, and I just come back downstairs, and I just got the grenade in my hand, <laughs> and, my, and my mom my mom loses her mind. She's like, no, 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 get that away! And I'm just like, no, this is the family grenade. Like, when we, when, 
when we when we bring when you hold the grenade yeah. you can speak yeah. yes, <laughs> you might be the last one to ever speak but Ralphie, this is a catch but i took the guy i coached soccer with his name is chuck uh, he his family all lives in kalamazoo michigan so we've invited him over for um thanksgiving a year or two ago and I came down and I was like, Chuck, I really wanted you to meet the family grenade. <laughs> and my mom and my grandmother are so pissed that I have brought this thing down. And that it's just like, it's just there and it's out. And it's it's just, she's like, that is so trashy. I can't believe you brought that down. And I'm just like, it's not my fault. It's been up there 40 years. Yeah. This is this is the same grenade. I kid you not. So my my when before my grandparents lived in that house, when my mom and my uncle were like three and five, um, they lived over in Crestline and um, my like grandmother and my grandfather are in the kitchen and they look outside and my mom and my uncle are sitting on the ground just like you know like kind of like like across from each other with legs spread rolling the grenade <laughs> but <laughs> between each yeah. other like <laughs> and I'm like that wasn't the sign you should you should have gotten rid of yeah. this thing I mean it is I mean you know, if you if you if you ever seen like a dummy grenade or whatever it is they like train with, like the bottoms are hollowed out and they have some yellow. This is not that. I mean, <laughs> it is very much a real. It grenade. is very much a grenade. <laughs> like like my like my mom or my uncle would have been vaporized. Yeah, and or both. Or both. Or, yeah. Well, they both would have been dead. But <laughs> but at least they would have been able to bury one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, this thing still there. Like I cannot I cannot believe it is still there along with. A myriad of other shit up there, including weapons. So many weapons. Just weapons. Um, gold teeth. Gold teeth. <laughs> the the computer that we got when I was like four. The computer that I learned to type on mm-hmm. is a has Windows three point one on it, which like doesn't. It's one of those old ass computers that like the. It doesn't like when you start the computer. It doesn't boot into Windows. It boots into Microsoft DOS. Yeah. So you have to like run the program <laughs> Windows, and it switches on like not with a push button. It's a giant toggle switch that looks like you're setting off a nuclear bomb <laughs> that turns this thing on. And I don't know why. I think it's just a nostalgia thing. Every Christmas when I've had like way too much wine. Uh, I go up there and I flip on Windows 3.1 and I play this ninja game called Budo and I will sit there for like two hours until somebody realizes that I am not downstairs you're playing Dirty Santa. You're playing with the grenade <laughs> yeah. or you're playing on the computer. Dude, mom's good now. The house is fine. No no more bullshit in the driveway. No more oh, boats. Nah, everything's everything's good. Uh, one of my one of my friends when I was a kid lit somebody's brand new saw on fire. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, shot somebody's dog with a paintball gun. Nice. Yeah, I mean, just stupid shit. Uh, shot somebody's house with BB guns and a potato gun. <laughs> the one you made in the basement. The one we made in the basement. That's probably still there. No, no, no. We got cut down. I don't know what happened to it. It's gone now. Um, oh, sad. I, I caught my hair on fire with that potato gun. You had a lot of hair, too. I had more hair than you do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you had to, like, the way you built them was basically you just built, like, a giant canister of PVC, and you would shove a potato down one end of it, mm-hmm. and then you'd spray hairspray into the mm-hmm. bottom end of, like, you know, like a four-foot PVC tube. And for some reason, white rain hairspray was always the best. <laughs> but if you use too much of it, like, because you drilled a hole into it, and, like, you put a grill lighter in there, like the electric ones... Mm-hmm. 
and you put too much in the grill lighter wouldn't light. So some brave soul would have to like light the end of the pipe to clean it all out. Right. Oh. I did that one time and it sent all of the hair off my arm and like half my eyebrow off. <laughs> it hurt so bad. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I did so much stupid shit like that when I was a kid. I don't even know. Sounds like a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And I was, I was like really glad I was just like allowed to be like a dumbass kid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my parents were really good about that, but Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was some bad shit. <laughs> I never like, but I, I was never, I never, I never smoked that much weed when I was in high school. I didn't drink when I was in high school. I just blew shit up. Like that was my thing. Better. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah, and now I um now I just live in Birmingham, drink beer, work for a nonprofit, and help humanity. Yeah, I mean I do what I With can. Epilepsy. <laughs> you really um come a long way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're very proud of you. Of all the kids in our neighborhood, like I, yeah, I, I there are like two of us out of like the six that like aren't shitheads. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. You're one of the two? I'm one of the two, which is not we, saying we much. <laughs> <laughs> we, had, we had to verify. <laughs> this, the, the standard's kind of a little low. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah. Go to the Legion games. They're fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, soccer's a big part of my life. It's how I met all of my friends outside of the Woodlawn folks. Um, I coach, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, Legion has been a lot of fun. Big crowds. Last game was rained out, but it's it's been cool. Y'all should go to those. Yeah, sweet. Thanks nice. for being on. Yeah. Absolutely, this is fun. I hope it was. <laughs> I love your stories. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, bye. 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 <laughs> this is a mistake. Just don't mention him in any of this because okay. I don't want him to kick my ass later. <laughs> um, Just but, bleep his name. <laughs> we can talk about his mom though, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, like one of those one of those sales things. Like was just like an ad for his mom's real estate agency. <laughs> <laughs> Please say she was just in a sports brawl and rollerblade. I wish. <laughs> <laughs>